Episode 469 of the Too Thick Pod, your home for all things sports, cards, and levity. And this show almost didn't even get started because Courtney's on some bullshit. God (laughs) knows what the hell this woman does with her free time. Can't leave her alone for more than two minutes because she goes down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Manny is lost because he's drinking hard ciders and living a lifestyle of being promiscuous and having fun that pineapple lifestyle i wonder if it's kaylee baby knows about this lifestyle i'm jeremy joined as always by our son manny my lovely wife courtney and we're here to recap and discuss date night date night on friday you guys head to chicago back to your home city um not just to for date night you guys went for I guess it's your type of date night. You guys went to a card show. Let's go. The Chicago Sports Spectacular. Um, so we're here to review it. I know. I, w- I don't really want to hear Jeremy talk, so I want to hear Courtney, what her views are on the um, the card show. So, Courtney, how'd it go? So, um, I have to say that I like all the time, and we got this specifically a lot at the show. Is people are just like, oh, "It's amazing that you guys do this together. It's so wonderful. I wish my wife would get in the cards. I wish my wife would do this. It's so cool." Like I can't. How many people said that to us this weekend, babe? Too too many. So too many. many. All of them. So many. Everyone. So this was a date night for us. We, you know, we have four kids. We have been like kind of like ships passing in the night. If you've been following any of our social medias lately, it's like Jeremy's in one state, I'm in another state, then I get home and he leaves and he gets home and I leave. And we literally, I don't think this year, have spent more than like two nights in a row together, like in the same house, just because of all of between his job and all the card stuff that we've been doing. So this, we, we plan this out. We're like, we are going to, we have one day one day to go to uh, the sports card spectacular in Chicago. And we were going to do the damn thing. And let me tell you, we did the damn thing. We did the damn thing. I, I, you guys told me what you guys did and I was impressed. So, but I want you guys to, I, I got to stay at home. You know, I was watching uh, Mid, uh March madness. Uh, I didn't do really cards this weekend. So you guys, you guys are taking the ship this for this episode because I watched Michigan State just make it to this final uh, Sweet 16, and they beat the number two seed. So I'm in heaven. I missed out on some auctions, by the way. And before we get started on the 90, you know those 90s auctions that I was telling you about. I I put my bids in and lost both of them, and then for completely forgot to look at them again when they ended. You're uh, a mess. I know it was during the Michigan State game. I couldn't. I, my heart was I almost had a heart attack so <laughs> I, I so as someone who like lived in Chicago my whole life and we just never got really into college ball so it's never been like I never like my whole life doesn't stop when there's a college game on it never has so yeah. that's be, that's because Chicago has bulls well, we, have, have, we yeah. have several shitty teams that we all like pay attention to but none of them are ever any good yeah, if you're, and then you probably realize that when you're in Michigan, it's Michigan, it's Michigan State. Yeah, like, yeah. and we hate each other. So, and then Ohio, big, you toss a little, 
little yeah. dab of Ohio on there. <laughs> hey, I don't, mind Ohio. I don't mind Ohio. I like them when they're playing Michigan. So, <laughs> so let, let me. I, I I cannot wait. So I need to. I need to preface. He's this like dancing. This. No, he's I know, like, man. I have so much. He to looks say. like. <laughs> Because typically I'm like, I just got done changing a baby's damn diaper or some sort of like fatherly duty. And then Courtney's like, yeah, Burbank this, Dallas that, Atlanta this. So I have something to contribute. So I am gung-ho. I am gung-ho. And let me tell you, my ego is an all-time high because as we were walking, some guy was like, hey, you're the too thick pod. And I had no clue who he was. He had never even seen me before, Manny. He knew of us because he had heard the show. That shit. He still, recognized your voice. He recognized my voice. So shout out so to I, that I, guy for just yeah. being amazing at recognizing voices. Oh, Jeremy has kind of a, he's got kind of a distinct voice, I would say. Yeah, he does. It's, a it's, lo- it's loud and obnoxious and stupid. So I totally get it. So of course, I defer to, or I default to my apologies. I'm sorry that you have to listen to me and Manny. We're terrible, and yeah. thank you, thank you. Exactly. That's why we bring. That's why we sprinkle in Courtney once a week because we want to uh, make sure the audience is like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with Jeremy and Manny. So we bring yeah. in Courtney to keep them keep keep you guys uh, listening. All right. So I want to preface this. Our experience is going to be a little bit different than anybody else's because we had one day together. We had to leave by you know essentially 10 a.m. local time on Saturday to get home for. The daddy-daughter dance with Kaya Bear, which was the highlight of the weekend outside of, you know, being little spoon to Courtney after <laughs> after she made love to me and then big spooned me. You know what I mean? I mean, I am the alpha in this relationship. Yeah. So Did I you suck your thumb too while you slept? And passed gas. And passed gas. <laughs> no, but we went out there and the intent was like the show opened up at 1.30 for VIP it went till 8.30, and then there was a trade night from 9 to midnight. So we stayed at the Embassy Suites, which is not technically connected to the Donald Lee Stevens con- Convention Center, but it is connected. You go outside, take like 10 steps, go up, and then there's a there's a walkway. So we got there at 1.30. We entered, and we went booth by booth. And as the show closed, we had saw every single booth. We went to every table. Every, every single, single table. table. We didn't miss one. How so, many a lot. Like a, yes, a, like I think there was three hundred and something. Oh, wow. That's what that's, I was told. That's a lot. You guys put in work. <laughs> Every single one, and you know the cool thing was is obviously like I'm I'm in game mode, right? Where I'm like me and Courtney are like tagging tables, like we'd give each other the look. Okay, this is where we want to stay. This table sucks. Let's keep it moving. But we understood that due to the size of the show. We weren't going to have the ability to do the Jeremy special where you walk the show, go back around and like, you know, weed people out. You have to be pretty, pretty decisive and, you know, make snap decisions. So we I had think there idea. was only a couple tables where we went back. We're like, we, 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 you know, ascertained that there was something at that table that we were interested in, but we needed to like have a discussion about it and then go back to the table. Yep. And that only happened a couple of times. Otherwise it was table by table by table one after the other, which is what I do when I'm at shows, but it was nice to have both of us together because while, you know, we were, it's just easier with two people. I don't know how, like anyone, like big props to people who do it by themselves because it is nicer to have two people. So one thing that I I wasn't prepared for was the amount of people who knew of us, um, know us and, or, you know, when they learned that we were both collectors that wanted to stop and chat. And obviously 
the relationship and, you know, interfacing with people is considerably more important than just buying and selling cards. And it's always also flattering that somebody even wants to talk to me, let alone, you know, all the other, all the other stuff. So that was cool. But that, that at the end of the day, that took time and I could feel myself like, okay, dude, I get it. We're 10 minutes. We have to keep it moving. I, I seriously, I was torn. I want to sit and chat with you, but there's 58 more tables. And there's but that's why it works cards out. out there. Cause I would stay and talk just a little bit longer and he would move on to the next table. Yeah. One, 100%. And so the, the, the thought was we were going there to load up on football. We were attacking Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and then obviously looking for some other stuff, easy Detroit plays, like, you know, those easy arbitrage opportunities that we always talk about. And then, you know, like, you know, some, like maybe if there's some good basketball deals or some like PC stuff, Patrick Williams, Zach Levine, which, which you saw. And, you know, one thing that, one thing that we did that was a little bit different this show is we weren't necessarily bargain hunting on everything. You know, if we, if we had conviction in a card, we went for it. And so it made it pretty easy because we're still relatively early for football. And so our big payoff for football, we expect to be national leading up to preseason. So it made it pretty easy. If people were priced fairly, we, um, we, you know, we, we pulled the trigger. So as you know, if you saw in Courtney's recap video, a lot of football, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks. And then I don't know how it played out, but we ended up with, I never owned a tie dye card until this weekend. And we walked now away we with three, three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the tie dye cards. You know, I like colorful cards. So I'm all in on those when he's like, Oh, I picked up this tie dye. I'm like, hell yeah, let's get more. And well, that, that Levine you got that tie dye was, it's not like your normal tie dye either. That thing's nasty. It's, um, it, it's so awesome. It's and you know what it was is, is, People were, That's people sick. were trying to get. Um, hey, what's up, James? Um, there was just there was opportunities to be had. I read some feedback that people couldn't buy at like sixty and sixty five percent, which is like that's probably unrealistic to do. You know, setting up here can't be can't be cheap. Um, you know, there's a cost associated with flying in, driving in, table costs for the weekend, hotels, all that stuff. But um, yeah. We, we broke one time for about 10 minutes to grab a drink, sit, collect our thoughts, go to the bathroom, take turns, you know, babysitting the Zion case. And then just, you know, it was a legitimate grind. But it, it's, a, it's a grind in the sense that you're on your feet all day. You're talking, you know, your, your throat starts to get like itchy. You know, by the end, your, your dogs are I hurting a little bit. Now, so because I do so much talking that I suck literally on cough drops like that is a staple of my card show bag. Uh, I, I just wanted to take a second to you you posted about uh, James Lumen uh, thanked us. He was actually the winner. He won a one year subscription to That's Basketball cool. Card Fanatic magazine. So shout out to him for entering and congratulations on winning. So congratulations, James. And James, I would, Courtney, would you agree that James has a leg up on everybody else to win the bounties for the trading cards because you have only signed one and it'll be one of them going out to James? So I was only going to send out one, but I'm sending one to the first place winner who's James and the second place winner isn't getting the year subscription, but they are also getting. So yeah, I haven't signed any. So if there's there's the bounty going out, I haven't. Maybe I won't sign any except for these two. So these two guys are the only ones who can actually win it. I'm like, sorry. Now nobody can win it because I'm not signing them. Get that money, James. Get that money. <laughs> she lied, James. I got an autograph too. No, no. You're so full of it, Manny. I would never <laughs> sign anything for you. I've never autographed anything. I actually took you out of the – when if you watched the live, I was like – 
I took Manny out and Adam out because I'm like, Adam doesn't need a year subscription to his own magazine. And Manny's like associated with us. And I felt like that yeah. would seem super sketch if you won. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would say, um, you know, for this show, football was absolute king. Football was on fire. Um, you know, fire. The, 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 the fire. The one thing that I heard was like vendors complaining to other vendors about like a vendor coming over and cleaning out the table. And so any table that you would walk up to, people were, are you selling? Are you selling? Are you selling? So our experience for that day, and we talked with like legitimately every single table, people were dying to buy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dying to buy. How many people asked us to see our case and we're like, oh no, yeah. we're not selling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to buy, man. And he's yeah. like, you know, so it, it's kind of cool. Like, and I'll let Courtney get into some more of the the um the details, but there was two cards that caught our eye while we were walking the show. One was a Joe Burrow rookie card, contenders out of 10, BGS 9-5, and a Vinny Gold International Inc. 1010. So we saw both the, of those at, at the show, but we did not get them. We saw them at the show. We made absolutely no plans to meet after the show. We just saw them, and those were the two cards outside of a Jokic. We did find a Jokic that, like, we went back a second time, and we were trying to figure out, does this make sense? Can we work towards something? Um, that ultimately, in the last, like, 15 minutes of trade night, we secured both those cards. Not the joke itch, because I actually did some research on that and decided that it wasn't for us. Yes. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, shout out to Christina's PC. Yeah, you she, know, helped, she it, helped me. Her and Haj have the joke itch, Um, You know, they have a, a, a side PC or a main PC. I guess when those cards are that big, that's a main, it would be a main PC for us, maybe side for them. But, you know, we were looking at the cards. You know, we were trying to – there's a lot of data, right? You're looking at all LUDX, card ladder – eBay trying to make sense. And it was a, it was a numbered out of five on card auto. And like, does this make sense for us? Ultimately, I think the price point, if we would have bought it was good. It just, after some further research and chatting with some people that, you know, that we've it's got so nice relationships to have, like, with. A relationship with people where you can reach out. Like I'll reach out across the board to like several people that I know, know. And, you know, after talking to, you know, a group of people, all of them came back with like, really close to what I was thinking on the price of the card, which was like several hundred dollars less than what they were asking, which there's no comps. So you can ask whatever you want. Like, it's not like this guy was trying to like hose anyone. It was just, where do you set this price? And we all kind of agreed that it was like at a, like at one price point and he was up here and it's his card. The last card sold for like $50, like five years ago of this card. So who are we to determine like specifically what it is? And maybe he will get that price for it. Maybe he won't. It just wasn't where I was comfortable. And we wouldn't, again, if you buy it for cash at a show, now there's no comp for that. So when I turn around and try to sell it, I am going to have the same issue that this guy's having trying to sell it with, you know, no base. Yep. I'm, I'm experiencing that now with the, the one-on-one Neymar. So I get it. And I'm glad that you guys have people too like you said because um you could definitely kind of get screwed by a low number that you think is a really good um price point but it turns out like the collectors like say <clears throat> say for example christina pc 
and then they have like the one of you're getting a one of five. They have two out of the five and they don't want any more. Well, that's your collector base there too. So the price point's just going to go whew, because who else is going to want to collect it? Right. You have to find that certain person and hell Mary side note before we get into it. Yeah. I'm happy that uh, Cowboys got talking football, got Brandon cooks. I don't know if you guys saw that because Courtney wanted to give me crap and say Cowboys aren't doing anything. And they, we got a wide receiver, and we're getting, you know, signing cornerbacks. I mean, we're looking good now. So Brandon Cooks is so great. This is like the sixth team he's been on in like seven <laughs> years. That's how awesome he is. I don't want to hear it. Also, what's up, guys, Erica? I love you. <laughs> did you guys end up like looking at um, – this is kind of a play that we kind of talked about. We didn't talk about, but what you told me about buying that Chicago going to coming back here. David Montgomery – were people trying to sell them David Montgomery cards there because of Detroit? Because you no, could have- but we'll be able to sell them in Detroit, I'm sure. We yeah. have big, you know who you know who's going to benefit from all this is our son because he PC'd David Montgomery, and the moment he gets ungrounded, I'm actually curious to see if he continues the PC or if he takes advantage of the fact Dude, that mom and dad so set up. If mom and dad set up in Detroit, he can he can flip those. But we did take advantage. If you'll see. Um, I actually bought some more DeAndre Swift today. We looked at a ton of St. Brown and then obviously scooped up, you know, some Jared Goff, who in Detroit is apparently the greatest quarterback that's ever played. <laughs> so I wanted to sort of talk about. Oh, can I, can I, one last thing just to yeah. close up us, you know, us leaning on Christina and, you know, her providing some guidance. And so we're always appreciative and grateful of people who take time to do that. We don't ever just, lazily send a message and ask somebody to do our work. Like we exhaust all of our options and try to be as specific as possible because we want to be respectful and mindful of other people's times. And quite frankly, you know, if, if somebody were to approach me, that's, that's kind of what I like. And if it's somebody that is a novice or truly, you know, means well, I have no problem helping, but we all deal with people who are just kind of like lazy and don't want to do the work themselves. Uh, There's been twice where we were protected because of those relationships once was maybe about two years ago, there was a Christian Hernandez auto um, orange of Bowman that I was going to buy. And I reached out to Brandon before we were ever even close bro Namath. Uh, and he was able to provide some assistance there. And then Peyton Manning auto, I leaned on Drake, Drake I and Drake that. and Drake helped me out in ship Shawana. Cause I was getting ready to buy it. And he kind of educated me on the car, the card, the set and the auto and why, to avoid it at the price point that I was looking at getting it. So those relationships are important and we should always be mindful of those who look out for us and make sure that you can pay it forward to other people who might need some assistance and guidance. It's, it's awesome to like, we talk about it all the time, the relationships that you're building in this space, the friends that you're making, you know, the people that are looking out for you are really, you know, that is the cornerstone of your hobby experience. And without those people, it becomes a lot like less exciting of a place. It becomes a lot more hostile, almost feeling of an environment when you don't have, you know, you, the people that are there to support you and that you know that will help you when you need it. And I, I genuinely appreciate everyone who is willing to help us. And likewise, we will help anyone who asks us. And if I can't help you, I will point you in the direction of someone who can. Because there's tons of people who are way smarter than we are, which is why we lean on our friends, too. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the show. 
because I feel like this show, um, it was of the three shows that I've been to in the last month, Dallas, Burbank, and and now Chicago. I would say the foot traffic at this show was the least of those three. Like there was the least amount of people. Uh, but this show itself was spaced out, in my opinion, the best. There was, and it could be because there was less people, but the amount of like space you had to walk, the way it was like laid out was nice, in my opinion. I know there were some of the vendors like weren't like weren't super happy like being against the back wall or feet but overwhelmingly it was like a nice show to walk worth noting if you're just tuning in we were only there friday so yes. our, our our assessment of our and our recap is that of friday and so i am mindful and so is courtney that Saturday there's is people way busier there, i'm sure that there's people who didn't take off of work or who didn't come that you know maybe showed up saturday or sunday well, and then, uh, and also to be fair, every single vendor I talked to later at trade night said that around seven o'clock, like about an hour and a half before the show ended, it was absolutely like there was a rush of people. And I'm sure that's everyone who was getting off of work. Um, but based on f- like Friday alone, even Friday at like Dallas and Friday at Burbank, it was slightly less busy, but it was also really cold there and it was significantly warmer at both of the other shows and i think that does affect people coming and going <laughs> dude I, I i we left we left friday morning and it was almost 60 degrees in michigan and so when i, I dropped steven off at school that i got starbucks for court and i in the morning i was like oh man it, spring is right around the corner let's go so i was wearing shorts threw on like a, a sweater we got to the west side of the state or maybe right into indiana driving and we stopped to get gas and it was like 30 29, degrees. <laughs> 29 degrees and snowing. And I was like, all I packed was shorts. I felt like the biggest asshole, man. Like, I felt so stupid. You're that guy. The I, 100%. <laughs> he was that guy at the show wearing shorts. It was like snowing sideways when we did got you wear to your Chicago. New, did you wear your new balances too? He didn't. He wore oh, his pink okay. so <laughs> Slightly less. But so – all of that to say that people were talking about their inability to keep things in their case. So it's getting to the point now, and I've seen this at every single show, where like across the board, people are selling out. They're selling, cards are flying, there is no like, there isn't, you don't, you don't really get to negotiate anymore. It's like, this is the price, you may be able to, you know, have a little bit of a plus or minus i think when you're willing to trade that's where the negotiations are starting to come in but as far as cash and buying people can say what their price is and ultimately they're they're likely to get it as long as their prices are reasonable if you're within comps you're going to sell those cards it isn't it isn't even in my opinion it's not even a question because i will walk past someone and see a card i like and if i don't buy it then and i come back it's sold what? I I would I just off of that, Manny. I negotiated flawlessly at the show to the point where I said, "You're at, for instance, you're at two fifty. I'm going to offer you two hundred. You're going to counter at two twenty five. Can we just close the deal?" I had the whole conversation in like thirty seconds, like that. And people were just like, "All right, cool, let's do it." Yeah, because that's but that's the thing is, is, if you have a card price at two 
50, you're sort of expecting to come in around 225-ish, I would imagine. That's how I operate. Some people, maybe they're firm at 250, but a lot of people know that you're going to negotiate. So if you're coming up and you're, like, going to give them the price that they're expecting, they're not going to, like – balk at that and it's going to sell and had you not bought that and like you know gone and, and had the like the fourth the foresight to just go buy that card it would have sold mm-hmm. and that's that's the point that I'm trying to make is it is it's it is a seller and a buyer's I don't know how you can be both at the same time but it is if you're selling you're selling if you want to buy there's stuff to buy so and people are moving it and I know I want to get while you're talking about it because uh, we kind of said it, but I know some people this this card show was where the national is going to take place. Is that correct? Yes. yes. And I know you said the name of it, Jeremy. So I was just trying to put two and two together. Do you think there's it it looked like it was less traffic because how big it is? Because it's not set up like the national, is it? They don't have the whole. There was another convention going on at the same time in the same convention center, so they don't have the entire space. I think the national takes up way more space inside of the convention center than what this show takes up. I just never been to this show, so when I think of it, I'm thinking of like this is so much bigger than any of the other shows that you have gone. Like it's. The conven- okay. They could have like four conventions going on at the same time in this convention okay. center. It's very big. It's very, very, very big. Yeah. So I mean, we 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 stayed till you know eight thirty when they were when they were closed, and when we left to trade night, if you were to ask us like, was the day a success? We would have said it is an overwhelming, smashing success of a day before trade night. Before trade night. And, you know, we, I was very happy. I saw some incredible cards. We saw a showcase that he guy maybe had 10 cards in it, and it was well over $5, 6000000 million in just the 10 cards. The cheapest I card, I think, was like – His cheapest card was like maybe a fifty dollars to $60,000, like, exquisite LeBron card. $48,000. Like, yeah, that was like – that was the bad card, and that's yeah. why we took the picture because, like, oh, it's probably the only card we could ever make a run at in this showcase. It was pretty – Pretty yeah. spectacular to see. There was people grinding through dollar boxes. There was a lot of people that I had met um, when I went to PSA that had flown in for the show. So, I mean, there was high, mid, low end. Um, anybody that we dealt with was really easy to deal with. Like, you find out real quick just by conversating, looking at a few cards, just asking them a couple questions. And so I felt like we were really targeted and we were really efficient and effective with our time. But when we left the show... Mind you, other than stopping for 10 minutes to, to grab a water and share a pretzel, we there had been any food no day, all day. <laughs> there was one Starbucks break on the way from the show at 8.30, walking through the convention center, taking the tunnel across the street or the bridge. We stopped at a Starbucks. And shout out to that venue for having a Starbucks. I will inside. say. Inside. I will say this is a very real um, criticism that people need to be mindful of for national the ATMs capped you at two and three hundred dollars per bullshit. machine. So, like when I was going to get more, because I found one deal where the guy was just like, he probably would have done it Venmo or PayPal, but he preferred cash. So I'm like, no problem, I'll go get it. So I was like, two machines simultaneously: two hundred here, three hundred here, two hundred here, three hundred here. So those those four and five dollar charges really really got to yeah me. so bring cash or go to a bank before you go to the Stevenson Convention Center because their ATMs are. In fact, a giant ripoff. And I agree because you're getting hit with their fees plus 
your own ATM like out of network fees unless it I don't I don't know what banks they were I would imagine it's Chase because that's kind of a big bank in Chicago but maybe not it could be BMO who knows but like that's kind of going to eat into your profits and if you're like depending on the amount of money you're spending on a card a four dollar you know fee plus a three dollar fee from your bank that's seven bucks added on to the cost of your card just from taking cash out of the ATM over and over and over so that's, that's something that. to be mindful of. It's a good point, babe. Good point. Good point. Good point. I fall for that all the time too. Cause I'm always at Jeremy Courtney. We got to stop. Cause I forgot to get cash. That's my like go-to. You, you always got to bring cash to it. I know. Too, especially now knowing this venue specifically the, the ATM and the hotel, the embassy that we were at, same thing. It wasn't like the, just in the convention center, the hotel uh, ATM was the same where you couldn't mm-hmm. take out more than $200. So just, Anyone going to this event or live an event there, just be mindful of that. Like get cash, you know, on your way in. Not that's there. good. That's good information too, because I know Hell Mary, he's been commenting and he's actually coming up from Houston. So um get your cash in Houston. Um just don't let a TSA take it from you. Yeah, no kidding. Nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like so another thing that I sort of wanted to touch on was that when you're going to a show like this and you have one single day, something that Jeremy and I, if we walked up to a table, me personally, if I walk up to a table, I know I have a limited amount of time. I'm buying. I want to spend my money. If I walk up to a table and there isn't a single price on any of your cards, not even one single price, I'm going to like look and I'm probably going to move past your table just because I don't want to have to take the time to price out a card then ask you what the price is and then realize that we're too far apart on it uh, and waste my time doing that. It's a, Unless you have something in your case that I am really dead set on that I can't potentially find at every other table, I'm going to just move past your table. And I know that, you know, we have had Dennis on and he talks about how like he's like, if you're going to set up at my show, you have to price your cards. This is why. Because there are people that are going to walk past your table and not want to deal with you because – if I look at a card and I think it's $500 and I have to ask you and you're like $800, I just wasted my time comping your card for you that you were too far apart on. So make sure you're pricing your cards make sure that they're not on the backs they're visible where people can see your prices. So that's one. Two, if I walked up to a table and I checked three or four cards that I know, like in my mind, like I know how much these cards go for and you are way over on them. I'm going to walk past your table because I'm just going to assume every single thing at your table is overpriced and I don't want to deal with you. So price your cards accordingly. I like, I understand that you're in, like people are in on some of these cards higher than they want to be. But if, if everything at your table is overpriced, you're not, you're not going to sell it. You're going to be mad and feel like you didn't sell anything. And people are just going to try and negotiate down to what the comps are anyways. So you're wasting your time and you're spending all this time pricing cards that you're not going to sell at that price anyways. I have a question. Um, do you find it okay? Um, I know the ones that are kind of liquid, the cards that are liquid, you want to price, but are you okay with the ones that um, you can't really find comps just to have it out there to ha- start a conversation without it, without yeah. a price? at least if majority of, of them are priced. And I would say a majority of the dealers, when you'd walk up, they would give you a heads up like, Hey, uh, there's going to be some stuff here that's not priced. And this is why, or it's a card that like, you know, there's a, a buy it now for maybe a really low price, but a lot of comps where at auction it went much higher. 
mm-hmm. where like the thought processes, whoever was selling it really didn't know what they had. And so, uh, but those dealers did a really good job of, of when you walked up articulating. Right. That, you, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, or, or somebody would say, Hey, these stickers are, I'm not firm at these. These are just a point of reference. And you're right. like, okay, cool. I, I completely understand. Yes. Um, before we get into trade night, a couple other things I want to touch on. It was cool for me personally to meet um, Black Jaded Wolf. Uh, Sharon was like, had a showcase of fire. So, you know, she basically, she without, say, without saying that. anything, you walked up, you looked at her showcase and what she, her showcase said to me was like, go get your shine box, Jeremy. Go get your <laughs> shine box. You and your little feeble Zion case, get the hell out of here. Did she have the Luca, the black and gold Luca with no, her? She no, she didn't bring that. No, that I saw that at national. I was like, Phew. yeah, I, the last two shows, so people always, whatever, it never fails that when I'm standing at her table talking with her, someone walks up and asks her about the Luca though. Every, I don't think I've been to a show once where somebody didn't. So. And, and now mind you, I'm not the world traveler that Courtney is. And so the shows I've experienced this year are limited relative to her, but the amount of females, whether women. it was women or little girls, hustling was pretty badass and obviously i've got three daughters so i i uh i that stuff grabs my attention but to see little girls sitting there grinding like the little boys in the zion case that scared the shit out of you manny seeing the little girls comping cards throwing them out like you know navigating deals was was pretty awesome so we made it a point to buy from every single you know girl who was out there slanging cards and it was also awesome to hear like a lot of dads say that this was the best time of the year, or this was like seriously something that brought them tremendous joy. Being able to share that with their child was a very, very awesome thing to see and hear. Jeremy actually just made me think of another cool thing that the Chicago uh, sports spectacular. Really That's does. what I do court is I just bring out the best in people, positive vibes. You tried killing the show before it started with your depressing ass story. And then I'm just, <laughs> I'm uplifting. So something that the show did, if you purchase VIP tickets, you got these little, and I should have taken a picture of them because they were pretty dope. You got these little vouchers. It was like show money or show cash is basically. And I saw the, like the dealers, some of them were having competitions with each other. Basically the promoter was like, here are these $5 coupons and you can use them with cash. Like if you, because they wanted more cash on the floor. So if you pay in cash, you can use this as a $5 bill and the show would like, cash out all of the vendors at the end if they collected these five dollar things as payment but you had to use it with cash so if like you bought a card with and you use venmo you couldn't use the coupon it was like they wanted you to like use it in place of cash to keep Mm -hmm. cash flowing on the floor so we got two of those because we bought two vip tickets and I ended up giving them both to little those little girls. I bought cards for them, and then I'm like, "Here's five more dollars. Here you go." <laughs> but there were I was walking around watching the vendors. Like the vendors were pretty excited about it. A couple of them were complaining a little, like, "Oh, this isn't real money, and I can't use it for change." But I'm like, but uh, ultimately, it seemed like a lot of them were really thrilled with it because it was like an extra five bucks here and there a couple guys had like 140 dollars in them they were just they were like (laughs) having competitions amongst each other to see who could collect the most of these five dollar coupon things so that was pretty that was a pretty good idea by the the show promoter i thought that was cool everyone in the hobby is some sort of degenerate so i put money these dealers were like i bet i could get more i'll take your tickets if you get more so you know there are some side bets going on about these five dollar vouchers which is cool uh, that the promoter did this gives a little extra competition 
for sure. I, I, and worth mentioning as well is uh, BGS and PSA were both set up. Uh, both of them had respective lines, um, but we weren't going to be there long enough to get anything graded. So other than acknowledging that they were there and there was good foot traffic at both of them, that's all I can provide on the grading front. Yeah. I saw. I talked to the guys from ISA too for a while. They were I, wish I, would have, I wish I would have uh, sent like some of the cards – because you could probably do on-site grading, right, and get them back. Yeah, but we we weren't yeah. we wouldn't have been able to get them because it was like if you drop. I think if you drop them off, you could pick them up Sunday, or yeah. did they do same day walkthrough? I think there was same day, but it's just it was astronomical. So there was one card, and I'm not going to say it's the one that got away because really the goal would have been to buy it and grade it right away. Was a just a beautiful spectra. I think it was a neon green scope out of 49 Jason Tatum on card auto. Oh, that was, was, it was just glorious, but I was going to want to get it and grade it right away. And since that wasn't an option, we decided to use our money or hang on to it. And thank God we did because trade night was wild. Yes. So something, the one thing about trade night with the coupons, you got a little voucher that said it was like an invitation to trade night. And they were saying that you needed these invitations to get into trade night but when we got there, nobody asked for the invitation and everybody was going in with or without them. So I felt a little bit like if it was like a ticket, then that was cool. It made it, but it made it, I wonder how many people got that. Cause I would have thought that you needed it and without it, you couldn't get in. And so if I didn't have one, I would have thought that I couldn't go and I might not have gone to trade night um, because of that. Just, it was like a little confusing, but we got in, nobody asked us for our tickets. So that was neither here nor there. It was just a little, in my opinion, just like slightly confusing. Where was yeah. Trade? Where was it? It was it was at the Embassy Suites, and so oh. there was a breaker, and I think six something. They Chicago, were Chicago six. Chicago six. They were they sponsored it, so they rented out the room, and so we were able to get in. We were able to post up. We took a back corner table, so I'm like weird that I want everything in front of me. I want to be able to see everything. So if you picture this large, massive room. We were in the back corner, a nice round table. We were seated next to Tyler from TNT and one of his uh, employees, Matt, and uh, JoJo, you know. Uh, Michigan those, people, uh, all the Michigan yeah, people. <laughs> just so naturally. So you felt good because you have an extra set of eyes watching your cards. And, like, you know, we laid out our stuff. And one thing that we've talked about, Manny, that we've found to have great success is we've also started buying some cards that we don't necessarily aren't things that we'd want to keep. It's just stuff that we know that like the kids like, you know, so like for a while, me and Courtney were like, what person doesn't like Kobe Bryant refractors and mid nineties inserts. And then we had a bunch of them. And unless you found that certain audience, your cards just kind of sat. So we made it a point to have some stuff. Not just that you like, because we like those cards. That doesn't mean that everybody likes those cards. The amount of people hanging out at our table, waiting to get stuff was absolutely phenomenal. And it was like one of those things while it's going on, you recognize like, okay, we did something right. You know, me and Courtney have known each other for so long. We can communicate without talking. And it was just like the change in strategy has definitely yielded these results. And so again, it's where we had advantage because we can both do deals at the same time. We can talk to people, you know, and as things are starting to come together, like the kids, we're always looking out for the kids. You know what I mean? So if anybody, any kid that makes a fair offer, like not on like a ten thousand dollar card, we're not gonna let it walk away for like a thousand. But you know, like I'm not gonna haggle with a kid over 10, 15, 20 bucks. If if he can have a good experience and go on to have a great hobby career, then you know, 
we we did what we needed to do. But uh, Courtney, if, if you want to break it down from your perspective, I just it was it was surreal. What kind of like a three hours that was? It so we get in there and it was nice because in the we got we were one of the first people like set up waiting. I think a lot of people left the show. They were starving. They went to eat like or grab something quickly, and then they came over later. But we just went right from the show, walked over to trade night. And there was like a, like a couple dozen other people that had that same mindset. So we're all kind of standing outside waiting for it to open up. And then, it, it you know, they were doing deals in the hallway before trade night even started. So I'm like, this, this is going to be late, right? Oh, this is going to be so good. So we get in. Um, I knew that I wanted to sit. I, I prefer to have people come to me to do the deals rather than walk around, try to set my case on the table, be like, oh, do you want to look? I hate that. At trade night, I would rather sit. If I have stuff that you want, which at the last two trade nights that we've done, being mindful of what Jeremy said, switching our, you know, not just buying. I, I fully believe you should buy what you love, but if you're going to try and trade, you need to buy stuff that other people love too. <laughs> so, um and I wanted to sit. So Jeremy, you know, he picked his table. I dragged Tyler. I'm like, come sit with us. I dragged him with us. We sit, we set up our stuff. And it like, before we even had all of our stuff out, Jeremy's right. We had an absolute line. I, I brought my Disney cards, my Stranger Things cards. Then we had soccer, basketball, football, not very much baseball. We're like not a ton of baseball. Um, and we just, a little though, we set it all out and then we just waited and people people would walk in the room they'd come up they would see what we had they would go back get their stuff and come back and want to trade and that was it was comfortable it was well spaced out and two of the cards the two cards that we wanted at the show that we both had eyes on came back to our table that night and i could not have been happier with the way that it turned out i I let go of a card I, I was I said I wasn't gonna let go of, but it worked out in a way that I couldn't be more happy with what happened. And I picked up a huge card that I've been trying to get for months. So again, I'm gonna let Jeremy kind of talk about that part of it because it was sort of a battle between us, but yeah. in a fun way. So and not to make it sound super analytical. But I'm like, just, I think about things maybe differently than most. And I understand, and it's fun for me. So I want to be clear about that. It is, there's always like an analysis of, about the way that we're operating and what can, how can we do better, you know, having a plan. Well, we're fortunate enough to understand where the repack guys are and we understand their criteria for buying. So in addition to walking the show, I had a game plan of cards that I had tremendous upside on. Or I know that I can buy them for $10 over here, sell them for 20 So one thing I we had gotten was I bought a couple of Joe Burrows, a white sparkle and a white prism PSA 10. And I knew that I was like, when I saw TNT because of their repack program, I was going to sell to them. So I was able to like take a bunch of cards. I, I bought, bought it off Twitter for 600 I yield, I got like 900 out of it because based off of comp. So it was like, Buying from here, getting here, a quick $300. So we did a few deals like that. Um, a lot of people actually bought from us. I don't really, I didn't trade a whole heck of a lot, but I had, if you were to take like two sides and one side was cards that like you either have had for a long time 
or you just had so much upside in it that you could do whatever. And then I had like the, another side. So it was like crazy because that's that other side people were coming up on. And if they were even remotely close deal, deal, deal. And it makes it easy because, you know, you bought this stuff six months ago when the stuff was down. And so like when you continue to stockpile that cash, the next thing I look up and there's a guy holding our Jordan and the Luca. So he's got the Luca PSA 10 and the Jordan BGS 95. And he's like, okay, the Luca, how much cash would you give me on top of the Luca to get to the borough? <laughs> and so I'm like, he's like, he's like, what's the most you'll pay? So obviously I always respond with like, what's the least you'll take? We do that whole shtick. But he was, <laughs> he's like, and he's like, I, I appreciate it because he was talking out loud of like what his thought process is and like what he wants to get out of the deal. And his thought process it was spot on. That's ultimately if I would have been in his shoes and I would have articulated that out loud, I would have gone. So ultimately he's like, I'd rather get the Jordan from you, give you the burrow and then give cash. Right. And so Courtney, who is more of a gangster when it comes to this stuff, because I'm probably <laughs> a little more soft, like I'm willing to buckle and uh, Courtney's like, this is my number. And he's like, okay. And he kind of like hemmed and hawed and like, not in a bad way, but just like clearly processing it. And then he's like, I'll, I'll be back. And we exchanged cell numbers. And so I'm like, okay, well, he's not buying it. Like that sucks. Like I would have loved to have let la- the, the burrow would have been the icing on the cake. Numbered out of 10, tremendous upside. You know, we've had the Jordan for a couple of years. We kind of want to move into a bigger Jordan. Two years. Yeah. No, we got it at the National last year. Yeah. No, we didn't. We were in Atlantic City. We got it the year before in Chicago. Are you sure we didn't get it last year at the Atlantic we got, City? Because Manny was with us and he wasn't with us in Chicago. Uh, You're wrong. I'm right. Was it Atlantic City? <laughs> yes. It does whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that out. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> Tweet that. <laughs> I had a price in mind of what I would okay. be willing to let it go. I love that card. I love that card. Yeah. I love that card. I didn't. I really, we brought it with because it's Chicago. And I thought, you know, maybe we could turn this into something bigger. But I don't, like, I don't, it had. It would have to, like, blow my socks off, right? And we are in a position now where we have worked up through reckless cards that I have, we have the ability now to get a bigger Jordan Auto, which is, the next step for us. So I am, I was more willing to use that card in a way to benefit us in, in picking up a larger card that has upside in it, but it would have to be for what I wanted. And he came back like $500 less than what I wanted. And I, I told him from the start that like, I'm definitely willing to let this card go, but I'm not willing to let it go for any less, not even a penny less than my asking price. And that, and that is what it is. So this is going on. The guy with the Vinny Jr. walks up and you're going to meet him at Mint, Manny. He's, He's awesome. setting up with uh, Kurt's Card Care and um, Pat's Pulls. Okay. Like, and, and, yeah, and so just incredibly kind guy. And he was talking about soccer. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to buy the Vinny Gold, but you wouldn't sell to me. Just kind of like busting his chops. And he's like, I'll sell to you. And so he opened up the case. And I mean, this guy had just absolute <laughs> insanity in his case. And so I'm like, you know, come on, man, work, work with me, you know, kind of like, I I already knew where he wanted to be at. I'm like, is there anything that I have that you'll like? So he went through and he took his time and he was like, what about this? He was predominantly soccer. And then ultimately he's like, he's like, would you part with the Mbappe, that Futera out of nine? 
Yep. And he was like the first, you know, person that I've met who really understands Futera and what the card is. Yep. And he's like, oh, this is so beautiful. Only problem is there's not a damn comp on the card. Yep. You know what I mean? So we, we worked through that. So ultimately, we're getting closer and closer. He's picking out some cards. And as he's taking cards, we're understanding what that cash is. Well, this guy comes back at the same time while where this other kid's working out a like a $1,500 deal, which in itself is a- I'm negotiating this deal with this kid over like some raw cards. We're kind of going over comps. The Jordan Burrow guy comes back. Jeremy's over here with the Vinny guy. So I'm doing I'm doing two deals over here. He's got his deal like working out and he's sort of in on the $1,500 deal with this kid. So like we have three deals going at the same time. Yes. And so there's this O'Neill Cruz uh, tops autograph out of 10. Got the card a long time ago, have tremendous upside. And at this point, even if I sold it at a loss, I don't care because I see like all the, I'm processing all these potential deals. And I'm like, I would rather have the cash because I'm like, it's becoming, it's becoming possible that I can either like, I'm not going to let this guy walk away with the burrow. Like I am going to whatever I want to get this card because he clearly he's not attached to it. And he clearly has eyes for either Luca or Jordan. So I'm just going to, in my mind, I'm just going to figure it the F out. Courtney's I'm tossing like, cards we're, with we're, the Luca. Like, here's forth. the Luca. Here's some more cards. I can make it go with the Luca. Yeah, Courtney's like, here, take take this, take the take the Maxwell, take this. And I was like, no, no, Court. I'm like, I'm, I'd rather give him cash. This is how <laughs> stupid I am. I'm like, I'd I'd rather have the cards. Let's just give him cash. Yeah. Even though we have way way more upside in the cards, I'm like, let's I'm like, give him these cards. Like, this is yeah. So but I'm convinced. I'm convinced that's something that like collectors go through because I catch myself all the time because I'm quick. I will sell cards. But man, that actual process of selling them is difficult because I'm like, I really like this card, man. <laughs> I really like being able to open my showcase and be like, look what I We're have. Like, I'm cool. like not attached to any of those three cards. I'm like, I will give you all three of these cards instead of the Jordan. And then we can do a straight trade. So I'm telling you all this because these deals are legitimately, there's three deals. All, you know, the, the Vinny is, you know, like 3,000 to 4,000. The Burrow Jordan thing is like net total is 10K. And then there's this kid over here trying to buy $1,500 cards where like, seriously, he would have been like 500. I would have said yes. But like Courtney's, Courtney's over there checking fools. Like, nah, nah, fam. <laughs> like, she's like, like, she was like, uh, a, a Chronicles unlicensed baseball did 175. This is tops. This is flagship. You can give me two. We can, we can go 200. And he's like, okay. So as, as this is all going on, the guy who wanted the Jordan opens up this bag, pulls out a grip of cash and starts throwing on the table. He's like, you've got a deal. He agrees to Courtney's number. And I'm like, so then I'm like, okay, <laughs> time out, time out. And I'm like, I, I'm like, how do you keep your composure? But you're also like, this is, this is surreal. This is happening. I am happy to get this. Plus he's given us the cash on top of it. Meanwhile, Jason Koontz walks up. And somebody else. So I'm telling you this because we are two adults cash surrounded by adults. There is cash and cards everywhere. And it was almost, this is a situation. I where felt like I was in a YouTube video. It is just like a situation where if anybody else is ever in this, I would encourage you to like take a moment, say time out, have everybody pump the brakes. Because I'm sure if you're one person with all these things going on, it would be easy to be, it would, it would be easy to be taken advantage of. 
But in this situation, luckily there was two of us, but it was almost like overwhelming. Like what? Because the, then, you know, Jason Coots is like, oh, these are we're from Michigan. So we know who he is. Right. Yeah. Like this is this is this is pennies to him. He's like, oh, look at all the big deals going in. There's money everywhere. There is cards everywhere. And I'm like, it did look it looked pretty badass because there's stacks of money everywhere. You got autographed Jordans. You got autographed rookie burrows. You have Vinny gold out of 10 autos i mean it i felt like this is probably one of the times in the hobby where i'm like i feel a little bit like a big deal right now <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like like they could have made a video on it and it would have been respectable not like hey i spent you know 74 dollars on a david montgomery card <laughs> you know what i mean like and and and, and that's not knocking anybody because we no i'm telling that's you us, that's normally us this was two the- three two three years ago buying a two three hundred dollar card seemed like a big deal like did we just spend two three hundred dollars on a card now you're in a deal where you're changing cards and thousands of dollars it is wild i i would have five hundred dollars several years ago seemed like so much money to spend on a car it i was like that's a car payment we're like spending a car payment on a piece of cardboard but now like i said because we are responsible with the way we operate reckless reckless pays for reckless it didn't we took no money out of our accounts to do this this was reckless money and that is really worth noting that we have worked our way up to the point of doing i mean fifteen thousand dollars in a day of buy and sell all within the parameters of our reckless account it's not we're not taking money out of our personal we're not being irresponsible we sold the cards we needed to sell to buy the cards we needed to buy and that is something I'm very incredibly proud of. Oh, I, I agree. So the moment that deal was done, I was like, we sat the card down and all of a sudden there was like the, and it was like a repeat of Chicago with the Jordan. Where's Burrow? Where's Burrow? Where's Burrow? Oh, it's right here. I'm holding it. So then I'm like, I'm like, all right, man, what the hell do we got to do to get this deal done? And now I am flush with cash. Cause I just sold a bunch of the repack people. I just got some cash on this. And we were able to secure the Vinny Jr. And we traded. So we didn't even pay full cash for it because he threw in some cards. So, but then get this. And this is where, this is what the greatest thing ever. There's a guy there who likes Kobe White. And he's <laughs> like, do you have any Kobe White? And I'm like, actually, as a matter of fact, I do. I've got this out of eight and I've got this out of 10. So I traded those for a Donovan Mitchell rookie silver PSA 10. On the Kobe lot that you guys all busted my balls and said, you guys, just me. Listen, I I have eaten all the crow. I'm going to fucking eat about the Kobe lot. There's one reason why I bust your balls on the Kobe lot. And it was because you asked me for money because you said, I can't use PayPal. And then you use PayPal on top of the cash that you took from me. So now I didn't have cash that rest of the show. Listen, not not like you. That's not like you buy cards anyway. No. I ate all. I ate all the crow. I'm gonna eat on that. I refuse to eat even one more, one more <laughs> drop, one more feather. I yeah. was wrong about the Kobe lie. It worked out very well in our favor. I, I'm not I have mad. a question. I have a question because you guys were talking about trade night and how successful it went. Um, when I was at Ship Shawana, I was on the opposite. I was walking the show and I got my Holland rookie. I wouldn't have got that deal done if I was sitting down with yeah. my car out. So how do you how do you guys feel about because you said you guys sat at this show, but you probably missed opportunities to go out and walk. But it's good to have two people like you because Courtney 
you could have walked the show right jeremy because jeremy likes to do his thing and sit down with his cards courtney's good at like going out and talking and getting deals done so you guys are like a yin and yang but how about for the people that are like for me like if i went to a card show with you guys so a thousand percent it's preference i like i watch these kids run like they if there are kids who like if like guys like TNT are set up. Yep. There is a group of children like little, little, you know, like the alligator, and then you have like the little bird that sits on the alligator and flies off and comes back and flies off and comes yep. back. That's what these children are, and they are like little runners, and they run out and they run around and they do deals and they and then they come back and then they sell whatever they bought to the big alligator, and that is awesome. Me personally, I like to have a spot where I'm sitting and I have my cards out in front of me and people can come to me. Sorry, my computer just spazzed up. So that is my preference. I know a lot of people that don't like to do it. They want to walk around and see what everybody has and, and make deals like, like what you did with your Holland. Mm-hmm. For us, this Jer- there's been lots of shows where Jeremy will walk and I'll sit. This show, it was just the second we had our stuff out, people were coming to us. Okay. There would have been no room or time or a- ability for either of us to leave and do a lap just because we had people bringing stuff to us at this particular trade night. That's not to say that there aren't shows where I'll sit and Jeremy will do a lap or Jeremy will sit and I'll do a lap and identify some people that have some stuff that we might be interested in. Mm-hmm. But in this particular instance, we didn't even get all of our cards out before we had people like lining up wanting to do trades with us. And, you know, you can miss a deal right in front of you because you're wandering off looking for something better. Yeah. So in this case, this worked out really well for us. But in other cases, it might not. That guy who walked over who's walking and got that Jordan auto that he wanted really bad. Had he been sitting at a table, he wouldn't have gotten that because he wouldn't have come over to our table. Yeah, and I was I, I'd like at the deal like when we're at shows together where Jeremy and you are set up, um, and we're all set up, right? I like to go out. I, I, I guess my preference is putting headphones in. I did the best when I did that and was walking the show. But if I saw something that you guys would like, because I kind of gauge what you guys are looking after too, I come back and let you guys know. Um, I just figured that process that we've been doing is pretty good, like at trade night. There was a guy that had Joe Burrow, Luca Autos, and I told Jeremy, remember I was trying to pull him aside. I was like, hey, come look at this table. Come look at this table. There's stuff that you would like. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a – you kind of need more than one person if you fully want to see Yeah, You got to be a big dog with the little children that run off and do your bidding for you. We're, yeah, you we're, we're not at that level yet, but we're but you are. Close. You're the big. You guys are the big dogs, and I'm the chihuahua going out. <laughs> And getting this stuff we're trying to find for you guys. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's it's worth stating too, is we were only going to be there a day f- for one day. And from a cash perspective, we spent, I don't want to say every penny, but we spent a lot of our money in that. So for me, walking and having to open up my case and try to make a deal just didn't seem like a thing yeah. to do. Now, if I was just like looking to buy, I don't want to be stuck at a table. I want to be able to get out and um, and and move around. So that's also, and if we weren't there for one day, there's a good chance that we might've skipped trade night and gone to the Bulls game. Because even oh. driving in, I was like, well, there's a Bulls game. 
I kind of want to do that, but I'm only there for one day for card related stuff. And so the fact that everything worked out, like obviously it's, it's a, there's probably a little bit of luck and good fortune that goes in that, but I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I just think that, you know, that just so happened to be a show where things worked out for us. It was, you know, and here's the other thing. We walked the entire show and talked to every single dealer. The two guys that came over to us knew what we wanted and knew that we had looked at those cards in their showcase. So when they came, if, if, if I have a burrow, you know, out of 10 that I'm looking to move and I had someone come to my table, talk to me about it for a while, say, I'll be at trade night. I need to think about it. That's someone that I'm going to go circle back with at trade night. So when you put those feelers out and you, you know, you have some, you know, irons in the fire with people, they're going to come back to you if they think that there's a chance, which there was obviously that you can get a deal done. We had other stuff that we wanted to get accomplished at the show. So we didn't necessarily, we weren't necessarily able to do every deal at the show, but when people know that you're a serious buyer and you're seriously interested in something, that's where like later at trade night, you can still get those things done. And that that's part of like spending your day walking the show and, and making those connections and having those conversations because just because it didn't get finished at the show doesn't mean it's not going to get finished at trade night, which is exactly what happened for both of those big cards that we wanted. No, I think, I think Courtney, I think Courtney said it good. And so, um, you know, we left trade night at a little after midnight went back up to the hotel and this is where we truly I felt like we were like teenagers again because then we put all of our cards away giddy with excitement like I just wanted to go down and like open up the showcase uh, open up the Zion and lay them all down we went and found a Taco Bell and had Taco Bell at like 1 30 in the morning in Rosemont just <laughs> just putting a not quite the cap of a beautiful date night you know we still had dessert later but it was still like uh I just felt like I was a teenager again it was. It was like old school, like back in the – I was telling we were sitting in the parking lot at like 2 in the morning eating Taco Bell. I'm like, man, this feels like the old days when we were like dating and we had no responsibilities and we could just go spend a whole day doing whatever we want and then like realize that we wasted our whole day having fun and now we're starving so we're going to eat Taco Bell in a parking lot somewhere. I, and that I, was exactly – it was awesome. I'm impressed that Jeremy ate Taco Bell because he turned into a big diva. You say it was back in the day. I'm I'm impressed that he he still would attempt to eat Taco Bell at his. He 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 only eats taco. It's it's a shell or a tortilla with just the meat, and that's it. There's nothing else in it. It's literally just taco meat and a tortilla or a hard shell. That, that's all he eats. I don't know what, why you. What think did you think it was anything different, Manny? What would you think that he would eat? We go to McDonald's or Burger King. <laughs> the man gets a like literally like a whopper with bacon and bread and that's it like a patty bacon and bread no cheese no sauce no tomatoes nothing just meat and bun he did that and at arby's he did that is, that's arby's. how he eats I, and i i feel like this has become such a thing with everyone constantly talking about how weird jeremy eats he just eats weird it is just it doesn't, it, he, it's not, he, you know what it is, is I've determined, because if he eats something that tastes like something, he can pick out individual seasonings, like better than anyone I know. I actually think that the problem with Jeremy is that his palate is so defined 
that he tastes stuff too much and it's overwhelming to him and he doesn't like it. I really, I've come to, after all the years that I've known him, that is what I think. I think that he actually has a more sophisticated palate than almost anybody else I know. He, he can taste, like you could, if I put a new seasoning in something, even like a sprinkle of it, he knows. He's yeah. like, what did you do different with this? And I'm like, fucking nothing. I like extra shake of salt. I don't know. And so I really, I do. I think that. And I think people like get freaked out by the way he eats just because they, you, you're, you have a baby pathetic palate and he just tastes more than you. No, do. no, no. Do not defend this guy. Do not defend his palate now. You were on my side. Do not. Oh, I think he eats disgusting and I wouldn't eat like that. He but has the baby is, palate. I, he, no, he does. I think his palate, I do. I really, I think his palate is like, he tastes, uh, he's got a more sensitive palate than other people. And he, he just doesn't like the way, he doesn't like the way things taste, but he can taste things that I don't think other people can. So you're saying he's superhuman. That's what you're saying. Well, I mean, I think that, maybe his tongue he doesn't <laughs> me. i don't know you started this conversation i'm gonna tell you there's some things he always eats i was always convinced that we were gonna get canceled as a result of me it's but corny. holy crap i shut up for a couple minutes and you two are get us in a lot of trouble man <laughs> Oh, so let, let me tell you this before you two degenerates do whatever the hell it is you're doing. The show was spectacular. Sharing the experience with someone you love even more spectacular. The people who knew us spectacular. Manny, I talked to our guy and he's listening in right now. Guaranteed he's listening in. He did not reach out for cocaine bear because he thought that the millions and, and millions that listen to the too thick pod it was aimed at somebody else. And I'm like, no, nope. my man, that was you. The amount of people who still now bark because of the big Dow or, <laughs> or, or reference cocaine as a result of the too thick pod is quite frankly, it's awesome. Like, I love it. It makes me a little uncomfortable when people scream cocaine and there's kids running around. Because <laughs> even when you're like, it's the movie, it's the movie. Yeah. Inevitably, there's some parent that are like, I hate them. I hope they die. Jeremy yeah. had, do you know how many people come up to ask us about Cocaine Bear? And Jeremy has now promised anyone who has seen Cocaine Bear and hates it that he, like, and talks to us in person about it that he will refund them the cost of their ticket. I'm like, please stop doing that. Because there are a lot of people that will not like Cocaine Bear. <laughs> so somebody was like asking Courtney, like, so is it really a good movie? And Courtney's like, it's a great movie. Hold, time out asterisk if you like these things if you like yeah. these things and you like these things that'll be an awesome movie if you like b-rated horror movies that are like gross and like overly like um gory and if you think that's funny if you're expecting it to be funny and like a haha like normal funny thing it's it's not for you yeah. if you like like stupid movies like sharknado and like zombievers and like shit like that it's on par with that better. It's better than that. But if you don't like that kind of stuff, you're not going to like Cocaine Bear. Another asterisk, I'm going to see the real Cocaine Bear in person in Kentucky myself. I'm going to drive down there. I'm going to take a picture with this Cocaine Bear. I'm very excited about this. This is a plan that I have. This is, she is 100% truthful in that. Now, I, I be, this is the last thing I think I want to say until you guys say something that sparks something else. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people would ask, where's Manny? 
And so like as a shtick, I'd be like, oh man, he's a bum. He's lazy. And so I said it to one person and I, I shit you not, this person went, oh, that sucks. Manny was doing so well too. Like he thought you gave up on cards. Just gave up on life. Because I, I was like, I was just like, oh, he's a bum. You know, he, you know, he doesn't like to put in any work. Then he likes to get on and complain and cry a river about how he can't Jeez. get anything done. But this person just went like, Aww. Aww. Well, that sucks. He was doing so well. And then I was like, I'm like, oh shit, they're taking this very literal. No, no, Manny's doing well. And then I covered for you and came up with an yeah. excuse like you were being a good dad or something like that. I well, I am a good dad, first of all. Second, <laughs> you could have said you could have said we left the children at home. It was the parents' time to play, or something like that. It was I, you know how many people too? I'm gonna tell you this. Like, I think Jeremy Jeremy like we're bearing the lead a little in that this is our date night. Like this was, this is yeah. romantic to me. Do you know how many, I, I don't know how many people have the joy of sharing a hobby and a pastime with someone that they are also like best friends and in love with. But I, I consider myself every time that we do something like this and it's so much fun, how lucky that I feel that we are that we don't drive each other nuts. I right, like we were walking and Jeremy bought a card and he's like, Hey, thanks for not giving me shit about buying that card. I'm like, I wanted it. <laughs> I'm not going to give you shit about buying a card. Like, yeah. what? and he's like, I know, but you know, I spent a lot today and I'm like, well, so did I. And you bought stuff that's like valuable. I'm buying, like, I literally am buying bullshit. Like digging, like that. Cause I like bullshit. Like, I'm like, this is bullshit, but I want it. I'm like, I'll call Jeremy. I'm like, Hey, he had the cash i'm like hey i need 40 dollars because i just bought like 82 of these cards that are worth nothing but i want them so <laughs> and we did you know manny and like being mindful about the way reckless has to operate we came across a patrick williams one of one. Oh, and i when i saw them like that's twice now i saw the patrick williams gold at burbank and this one and just being disciplined and staying within the rules that we set forth courtney's like i own I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to make it sound more extreme than what it is, but the gist of it was Courtney told the dealer, I own all the Patrick Williams one of one. This is what the price needs to be. I'm not paying a penny more. Then the guy thought he was like bullshit. And then she's like, and then he called her out. And then she's like, I have, you know, I've got the logo, man. I've got this, 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 this. Oh. And then if you want to talk golds and he's like, Oh, you're not playing. She's like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think if we would have hung out for two more minutes, we would have gotten it for the price. Um, but like I said, we were trying to move and shake and, and knock things out as much as I would like to have every single Patrick Williams, one of one at some point you have to kind of draw the line. And I did, I started out, he's like, well, what I'm like, I have like all of the Patrick Williams, one of I have like seven or eight of them now. And he's like, you don't have this one. I'm like, I, you know, I don't, he's like, how do you know you don't have a, like, I, like, do you have a better one than this one? I'm like, well, I'm like, well, I have the gold vinyl. I'm like, I have the laundry tag one of one. I'm like, oh, and I have the flawless logo man rookie one of one. And yeah. he's like, oh, I know him though. We're buddies. So he's yeah. just giving me shit. Like I'm friend, like he's like a super good guy. I'm like yeah. good friend. We went out to dinner and stuff at, at uh, Dallas. So we're pals. So he was just giving me shit. <laughs> so yeah, man, that was overall, I, I would give the Chicago spectacular a, a solid nine out of 10. Um, I look forward to the next time that show comes up, I will go for the weekend. Um, I like I, that you did that nine out of 10. I think 
rating the shows out of 10, I would give, I would give it an eight, an eight out of 10. Well, that's because you travel the world and you've seen so much. And Jeremy and I have been locked in, in our Midwest region. So Courtney, let me ask you this. Why, what, what docks it from being like damn near a perfect show? Like I, I, like I can reference like the layout was a smidge clunky, but I did like the spacing, but some of them where they had it, like think of like, it would go like this and then in those little sections sucked giving the breakers cowbells to give everybody damn headaches is a bad idea. And I feel, I legitimately felt bad for the dealers there. It had to be next to that. Um, but like it was spaced out. It was cool. There was a Starbucks, there was food readily available. I would have liked there to be a little more seating for people to like, if you and I wanted to break off and go cut a deal or pull our cards out, um, I think that is a problem at every single card show. There's nowhere to sit anywhere ever at card. You were going to have, you were going to have your opportunity to talk, but since you're talking during my time, when it's your turn to talk, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my feedback. So. Okay. And then the ATMs, like I can see that being an issue and eventually or potentially being an issue when somebody's trying to close a deal and truly needs cash, where when you're doing those $200 increments that at some point the ATM tells you to F off or your debit card has issues with the bank and the bank's like, there's something fishy going on because who does 13 $200 (laughs) transactions? But overall being, being connected to the embassy suites, everything being within walking distance, uh, great show. We'll do it again. I agree. I agree. All right. Courtney, you got something? No, I'm Jeremy was on point. I just, uh, I don't, I think like for me, I don't, I don't think there's a show that's a 10 out of 10 that I've been to. And I think a nine out of 10 would be like Dallas. So I'm, yeah, I'm at eight out of 10 for, for Chicago, but I would also give Burbank eight out of 10. So, so we've got Lansing coming up. All three of us will be in Lansing this upcoming Saturday, the following week, we're all going to be in Vegas for the mint. Um, upcoming this week, we've got Hobby Night School dropping. We've got Too Thick Pod. We've got our interview with uh, Jason from DCI. I'm excited for that thing to come out. And then uh, me and Manny got some flavor that'll be coming out this week. So uh, we are we are also going live with Rolling Out with FD tomorrow. So if you're listening and want to tune in there, we will be the oh, guest. Oh, that's live. Yeah, I forgot that's live. Yeah, so, so we'll be live tomorrow. You guys are doing that. We have um, we just dropped a Veriswap episode for for reckless uh, dangerous games we just dropped the oscar pistorius and we have our first guest uh, episode will be dropping this week with break and wax um and we have what's dropping this week for oh um denny's cards and uh sports card stallion will be on and that's what we'll be dropping for hobby night school this wednesday so a lot of a lot of episodes a lot of content for you guys to check out a lot of interesting stuff different variety of of topics this week too so that's fun Mm -hmm. yeah so make sure you smash the subscribe (laughs) button follow us on also all socials tell everybody let's continue to grow this thing man because uh I like going out and hearing cocaine yelled at me from random people. That's pretty, that's good. That's pretty awesome until the moment that it's not awesome, that it'll suck. And then I'll probably not exist in social media world, but uh, until then let's enjoy the ride.
<laughs> and with that, I hope you guys enjoyed your hobby release tonight. On your face. <laughs> I mean, I like, like dangerous games. Like, stay safe, make good choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your hobby release. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Peace, everyone.